Welcome back to DreadPod. It has been a long time since we've been in front of our microphones. How are you guys doing? Awesome. Doing good. Great. Well, I just want to reach out to our listeners and let them know, you know, as so many D&D campaigns go, our last one sort of fell apart. People moved away. Uh, the players just have different things going on in their lives now, and we couldn't keep that one going, which is very unfortunate. But we wanted to keep bringing you guys uh, the D&D content that you love. So I've got Arthur and Austin with me, and we're going to do a... Uh, a new campaign starting today and it's going to be a little bit of a, a horror driven campaign and uh, i'm really excited to bring all this to the table for this first little episode we're going to go into a little bit of the backstories of everybody get everybody introduced and, and definitely jump into some playing uh just to give you guys a background on the world uh this takes place in a world i made up it's a total fabrication called koshmari War is ancient and nearly forgotten relic of the past in this place. Once uh, King Celador Celeborn took the throne in Lothland and gave the townships and settlements protection, peace, and most importantly, freedom, this freedom to self-govern, warring, ceased. Uh, the Celeborn line has sat atop the silent throne in Lothland for centuries. All of this line of elven leaders have been benevolent and kind, but none has been especially involved in ruling beyond the Great Hill of Lothland. Despite the efforts of the Celeborn family to protect the realm, orcs and goblins raided the southern settlements for many years. However, about a hundred years ago, those raids came to an end as a result of efforts led by the tiefling settlement at the foot of a volcano. Uh, so you, you'll see some goblet band, goblin bandit tribes and orc bandit tribes lingering presence on the Great Road, but for the most part, the world that we live in is at peace. And maybe that's a uh, full sense of security that everyone has. So I would like to get this started. I'm gonna drop you guys into the world and the first place you're going to be visiting is Everspring. I'm not sure how you guys, uh, it's up to you what brought you to Everspring, whether you're searching for adventure or searching for riches. There's definitely no shortage of riches in Everspring. Perhaps you came to relax in the hot springs. Perhaps you're more interested in the seedy goings-on of the East End across the barren fields away from the hot springs. Or maybe you just wanted to do some shopping in the general stores outside of the, the hot springs. So with that being said, introduce your characters, guys. Whoever wants to go first. So I'll go first. I am playing Tab, the tabaxi. Tab is a six-foot-tall woman. Despite her name, she is not a tabby cat. She is actually a main tooth. <laughs> and um, she is in Everspring to try to spread the good word of her lord and savior, Garfield. Oh, good God. <laughs> Garfield the Benevolent. Uh, uh, here's my super it. serious campaign premise. And then Austin comes in with, yeah, here's my uh, cat that worships Garfield. Lasagna rise. <laughs> Would you rather be feel it? Uh, no, Garfield's fine. I, you know what? I am a yes and DM, so that's absolutely fine with me. So she's here with her little, her little religious pamphlets, handing it out to the rich people. Really, she thinks that she's here on a mission to try to save souls, but her, the organization she works for actually sent her here to get some rich benefactors for their religion. Okay. 
Uh, Leaf, what are you doing in Everspring, and yeah, what are you about? So, uh, Leaf, um, he's, he's, I don't know, I have a thing for playing beautiful elves, so he's a beautiful little wood elf, of course, of all course. blonde and pale and, you know, obnoxious. Um, he was a jeweler's apprentice in Golden Leaf. He was mistreated by the, like, rulers there, and he said, you know what, fuck this, and he's kind of on his own little mission in Everspring, and he, um, is in Everspring to sell some of his, like, little jewelries to get some coin to, like, to travel, um, travel somewhere else. Okay, so I would like to uh, open it up with Leaf because Leaf would be entering East Spring, I mean, Everspring from the East End if he's coming from Golden Leaf. So, just as a little introduction to Everspring, uh, Everspring is known for its rejuvenating hot springs that lie to the north of the township. Adventurers lucky enough to earn enough coin. The rich, the powerful, all come to rest at these hot springs from time to time. And the people lucky enough to live in Everspring proper have been there for generations. Uh, as far back as anyone can remember, Wild Shines owned the general store. Shield Bones kept the end. Blue Kilts ran the stables. And the Far Watchers lived in the manor. There are two exceptions to this, however. After the warring of the orcs and the tieflings, the youngest and most famous general who lost her homeland took over the armory here in Everspring. And when Celador came into power, he grew weary of the east end of Everspring and appointed a cousin of the Far Watcher family in Aurora High Church to act as the captain of the guard and in some capacity as a uh, mayor, so to speak. So... We'll just jump right back in to Leaf. You are tired and weary from travel. You've traveled such a far away. You've made yourself through the vanishing woods that surrounded your homeland. And you are coming across the East End. And you know from, your, from hearing in your travels, the East End is sort of the, the slums, the outskirts of Everspring. They were once as prosperous as Everspring proper, but the large fields of crops that used to keep them in that prosperous state, they have now gone barren and dry. So you are walking through, you see worn down buildings, tumbleweeds rolling by, not many people out on the streets at this time. It's, it's, I would say it's early, early afternoon, maybe around 11, 12. Uh, the people that you do see are, are rubbing sleep from their eyes, setting up their opening signs on the, the bar that you walk past. And at this point, I would like for you to give me a perception check as you try to get your bearings in this new city. Uh, what's my perception plus? It's been a minute. Oh. Um, it, it's going to be under your skills as perception. Oh Let's take So sorry. Look. It's been a minute for me. Yeah, fine. It's been a while. We have not played in forever. Let's see. Oh, I found it. So it looks like it's, uh, um, I got a seven plus 11. Oh, wow. That's Wait, one think, hell of a perception No, I might check. be wrong. It yeah. sounds way too high for level Yeah, one. I'm looking that's at your like, perception. Okay, I got plus an eight. <laughs> okay. That's much, much lower, lower than 18. 
<laughs> so as you're walking, you take notice of one woman who is nailing a sign to a community board, so to speak. And looking at that community board, there's pretty much nothing on it except for this one missing poster, missing persons poster that this woman is tearfully hanging up. And other than that, this town is pretty much dead on its feet. So Leaf is going to walk up to the woman nailing up the poster and say, um, I gotta get the voice. Okay, here we go. Uh, Oh, here we go. I'm ready to hear it. It's, he's going to say, um, I'm sorry to bother you. You seem like you're in a bit of a a fuss right now, uh, for lack of a better term. So what's the reward on the, the, this little sign that you're hammering away at? Oh, sugar, I don't, I don't have much money, but if we found my boy and brought him back home, I, I'd give you all my tips from the bar for, for a week's worth. And I usually at least manage to make, you know, three gold coins in a mm. week. Well, uh, he's going to like look at his little, you know, his little empty pouch and be like, well, I could really, uh, what, what's, what's the situation? Tell me, tell me the deal with all of this. Uh, well, you see, kids around here, they've been going missing for a little while and, you know, they, it's, no one stays in the East End for long. So when it first started happening, we just thought they were up and finding, finding a better life for themselves. But, but my Panavor, he would never, he would never leave his mom like this. And he's been, he's been gone for just too long. He always comes home. Ah, uh, I see, I see. Well... I bet you that I can find him by the end of tomorrow. You, you mean it? You think I am an excellent finder, hope? and I have a lot of hope in myself, and I think that that's enough for me to be able to find your boy for you. Oh, I'm, I'm beside myself. No one ever comes to the East End and offers us any help. I've been, I've been asking the mayor and in Aurora, I think her name was. I've been asking her to send resources out. I'm just. I'm beside myself, and it would mean a lot to me if you could bring my boy home. Look, I've got to get going. I I still have to pay bills and put food on the table for at least myself, so I've got to go uh, get started up at the saloon. But tell you what, uh, if you come find me later on tonight, I'll tell you everything I know, and uh, I, I might be able to set you in the right direction. All right, for looking sound, for sounds him. wonderful. I will. I will be coming in to look for you later. Yeah, that's great. I'm. I'm just at that saloon over there, and she points towards a very shoddy, run-down bar that you see a sign, and the sign's kind of well-worn, but it says, The Sick Helm. And she says, I, I know it don't look like much, but it's the best gig in town. Oh, no, so. no, no worries, no worries. Yes, Um. okay, yes, I will, I think I have to go... Find someone to buy something from me, um, and then I can be back tonight. No problem. Great, great. Um, are you by chance going to, to Everspring proper over there? Yes, the I was. Uh, yes, I just escaped a whole situation. I don't want to bore you with it. You're having your situation. I'm having my situation. Um, yeah, I really wanted to just go and maybe see if I could try to lay in the spring uh, with a little towel on my head. Maybe eat a cucumber. <laughs> Yeah, uh, 
yeah, that, that's probably a good way to get started on, you know, you, you want to be rested before you look for missing kids. I get it. I get it. But uh, while you're there, uh, just make sure you check in perhaps with the mayor. I know she don't seem keen on helping me, but she should have at least some kind of files on all the, the missing kids from, from my oh, end. I hate the government. Okay, you know what? Fine. I, I should probably do that first before I bathe in the spring. Um, so I can head over to uh, where, where is, is there like a mayoral office here? Yeah, there's a city hall. Uh, it's it's kind of across the street from the hot springs. Uh, you know, once you cross the barren field that separates the east end from from the rich folk, uh, it's it's right there. Uh, but you know, don't don't overexert yourself. I mean, there is a chance Panavor just went to find a better life for himself, but it just doesn't feel like he would leave his mama behind. And she starts sniffling and. I, it really means a lot to me that she would help and keep an eye out for him. Uh, yes, yes, I, yes. I've one, go. one more question before you go. Um, just about this whole situation. Is the mayoral office going to make me take off my shoes? Uh, no. Okay. I, I wonderful. Think you wonderful. Can wear well, shoes in there. you have a lovely, lovely time at work, and I will get to work because I really want to go find this this missing child. I'll find them all, actually. <sighs> Well, the East End would be forever in your debt, uh, stranger. My name is Leaf. What was your name? From Golden Leaf. Oh, okay. Well, Leaf from Golden Leaf, you've made a friend in me. So, uh, okay, I'll see you like later tonight, okay? And then, like, um, takes the sign with him. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, yeah, I gotta go. And she starts running towards the saloon. Now, uh, what are you doing now? You heading across that barren field? Yep, I'm going to just, uh, I'm, I'm going to start walking, and I'm going to, like, is there maybe, a like, a crossroads to where the spring is versus where the mayoral office is? From the barren fields, you'd kind of be coming up behind the city hall, the mayoral office, and then the hot springs would be just beyond it. Okay, so, yeah, he's going to walk uh, towards the office and be like, ah, oh, well, I mean, I guess I just better go in. And then he's going to try to go into the office. You walk into the mayoral hall. Uh, it's an embarrassment of riches. There's murals painted on the wall depicting the founding of the hot springs and tributes to the rich families. You know, you see Wildshine, you see Far Watcher Manor painted on these halls. And there's a bookish looking halfling sitting at a very tall desk, much too large for her. She's got to be on some kind of uh, stilted chair and she looks down at you from the brim of her glasses and she says uh, yes how can I help you I, I would like to speak to the mayor please oh the mayor uh, do you mean in, Aur in Aurora yes okay um, well she doesn't take kindly to being called the mayor but uh, she just she's got this religious zealot in her office right now let me go take a look and you see her right, she wonderful she hops down off of her very tall chair and you hear the clicking of high heels as she walks into the office, closed off behind her. She opens the door and you can just see beyond as she opens the door, there is a, a tabaxi sitting in a chair, moving very animatedly. And you hear for a moment the voice of who you assume to be this mayor, mayoral candidate for the last time. We cannot have you handing out pamphlets to all the 
hot spring guests that don't want them. I mean, you're more than welcome to practice your religion, but, and that's when the door shuts. And Tab, you are now sitting in the mayoral hall uh, with this very tall, blonde elf in fine, fine armor putting her hands on the desk and kind of towering over you and sit, while you're sitting in a chair and she finishes her sentence. You're absolutely allowed to practice your religion, but you cannot be bothering the hot spring guests. But, but listen, listen. It is Garfield's will that everyone knows what he has done for us. And what better place to find people who would appreciate Garfield's gift than the people who have already been given the gift of riches enough to go to the hot spring? Look, I appreciate your fervent admiration for your gods. And I absolutely understand the sanctity of religious freedom. And we, of course, honor that in Everspring. But you are causing a disturbance to the guests. Oh, uh, yes, Janice, what can I do for you? And Tab, as you turn to look at who she's talking to, uh, that bookish halfling is standing there. And she says, um... Well, we've got uh, somebody outside who'd like to talk to you. He looks foreign, but rich. He's got jewels on him and stuff. I don't know. It looked important. Oh, uh, well. Okay, uh, Tab, was it? Tab, yes. Would you mind if I put a pin in our conversation? I, I apparently have somebody important that wants to speak to me. Well, there's no one more important than Garfield, but here, if you'll just take this pamphlet and promise me to read over it, I'll get out of your hair for a minute. No, 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 no. I, I will take your pamphlet, but please have a seat. I just would like to uh, finish our conversation. Um, Janice, bring bring him in. Bring bring this man in. You got it. And Janice turns on heel, opens the door, and Leaf, you see her motion for you to come in. Leaf walks in. Oh, hello. Uh, I was told you wanted to speak with me. I'm uh, I'm afraid I'm not familiar with who you are. No, that uh, it's understandable. I, this is, uh, I'm not a very around cat town, if you understand. And then he kind of looks at Tab as he like, and is like, anyways. Uh, uh, yeah. So I'm actually want a file of your missing children. I'm here to find all of them. As you say that, her eyes get big and she motions for Janice to shut the door. And she says, oh, look, I, I am trying not to have a public outcry here. Those children in the East End probably went to find better lives for themselves. If you need to know who is missing, I am happy to provide that information to you, but it's much more likely that they simply ran away. I understand, Mayor that you think that they had left, but I would also, I would be, still be taking up your offer on finding out who they all are, because who just leaves and doesn't call home? I mean, we've all no. done it. Sorry, sorry for the interruption. No, you're fine, Tab. You're right. We've all done it, and it is uh, understandable that children of the East End District would not want to think of home. 
and we're working on it. We're trying to get those fields up. You know what? It's neither here nor there. Yes, here is a file on the missing children. They likely have just found a better life for themselves. But I I understand your concern. And if you're willing to look into the mystery of, or lack thereof, I am grateful for the help, I suppose. Um, he... Here, and she, she hands over a file. No one has told me anything about these missing children. Perhaps it is Garfield's will that they went missing, or perhaps it is Garfield's will that we find them. So, your, your name is Leaf? Yes, my name is Leaf. Um, I'm from Golden Leaf. I, I stand up in my full six foot of glory, and I reach out my big paw to shake your hand. I'm, I'm Tab. Uh, if, it would, if it is Garfield's will, I would like to assist you in finding these children if they truly are missing. Uh, but sh- uh, he has to look up at you, um, and like awkwardly takes your paw, um, even the hand. I'm sure you. Know, I could use the help. There seems to be quite a, a bit of children missing. So, um, you you said Garfield. Who who's Garfield? Is is he lived down? Oh, the that is right. here. Take this pamphlet. It will explain everything. Okay, and uh, he takes. As you guys are having this, as you guys are having this conversation, you hear a frantic beating on the door and then within seconds the door opens and you see a very very wealthy old money she's wearing a corset and fine gowns but her face is disheveled her hair is a mess she's got makeup running down her eyes and she says in aurora in aurora i need to talk to you now oh heavens faces what what is it Cousin, please have a seat. And this, uh, this elegant but disheveled woman uh, says, "I have no time for sitting. It's, it's my daughter." And in Aurora says, uh, "Your daughter? What? What's happened? She is missing. It has been twenty-four hours, and she has not come home." I know you're not messing with the children in the East End, but this is different in Aurora. This is your, this is your cousin. And so, all right. Uh, okay. Um, well, uh, Tab Leaf, it has been a pleasure speaking with you, but this is of utmost importance. Um, faces, please come have a seat. Uh, where can I pick my trident back up from? Uh, your, your wares will be returned to you by, by Janice in the front room. Okay, and she can lift the trident, yes? It is very heavy. I am not one to speak to Janice's capabilities. You can take that up with her. Okay, Uh, we will have her leave. Please read the pamphlet. Uh, If you you like it, I have more that you can spread out to your friends and family. And I turn and leave. Uh, Leaf, before you go, um, it seems I may be needing my file back at some point. Uh, Could you... Take a glance at it and then return it to me. Sure, sure. So you can put your cousin on the top of the list, correct? And he's, like, looking at the file, but, like, also side-eyeing her. Uh, well, it's... Of course, I will take no shame in having more concern for my my dear, sweet little cousin. Uh, Faces, faces, um... These people, Tab and Leaf, they are my new recruits that are looking into the missing 
children, and I have offered to reward them if they find anything. They, you know what, Faces, if, if anybody can find your children, it is my trusted colleagues, Tab and Leaf. I reach my paw out to shake uh, Faces. Yeah, Faces is the, the rich-looking woman. Yeah, I, I reach my paw out to shake her hand. Tab, nice to meet you. She offers a delicate hand and a curtsy, and she says, I apologize, my manners are... But I don't have my manners right now. My daughter is missing. My cousin is useless. And no one seems to care. Garfield cares, and by proxy, I care for him. We will find the missing children. Yes, uh, Leaf gives like a finger, uh, like a, kind of a finger wave, but he's a little salty about it. Um, and he's like kind of side eyeing the mayor, and he's like, "I will find all of the children, including your daughter that went missing." And then he hands the file back over to the mayor. As you took a thumbing through that file. Uh, it was pretty sparse, and you can tell that no one did any investigation beyond taking down the copies, uh, taking down the missing po the missing children posters that parents have hung up. There are six different faces in there. Uh, I'm sorry, five different faces in there. And you noticed that uh, there's a human boy who has been missing for three days, and the elfish-looking boy has been missing for six. A half-orc-looking child, uh, a girl child, has been missing for nine days. And then a dwarf has been missing, a dwarf child, a uh, girl, has been missing for 15, as you hand the folder back to her. Uh, yes, thank you, uh, my esteemed colleagues. I will leave faces in your care. Um, Perhaps you can get your investigation started, and once you have found the children, I will uh, reward you as promised for your services. Well, I uh, thank you. I guess we better get started then, huh? Do you have right. anywhere you would suggest we start? And that's when Faces chimes in. She says, um, unfortunately, I think you would need to go to the East End. Uh, my, my Micella, she has been... She's been hanging out with a, a little human boy from the, from the East End. Hmm. I have not heard of this East End. Is there, is there a problem with it? Uh, well, and in Aurora kind of chimes in. She says, there is nothing wrong with the East End other than the barren crops that have unfortunately caused that side of town to not enjoy in the economical delights of those of us fortunate enough to live in the hot springs. We do try. We have been researching how to get these crops back in working order to restore the East End to what it used to be. But listen, I do have to ask. I have a meeting uh, with the King of Lothland very soon uh, via via portal. So if you could uh, perhaps perhaps face this, why don't you take them to Far Watcher Manor? Uh, they can you can brief them there on Little Seller's disappearance. You in Aurora, with your kings and your stature and your status. I thought you would have more of a heart for your own kin. But I can tell when I am not wanted. Thasis turns on heel. She says, come with me. And she walks out of the office. Uh, as you're 
following behind her, you do see a halfling struggling to lift a very strong, a very sturdy trident. She's, uh, I've, I've got your, uh, your, your things here. Here, I'll take that from you. Thank you. Thank you very much for keeping a good watch on it for me. And I put it in a, uh, I have like a little back holster that's just two straps that it slides down into. Shink! It's in there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, I guess Leaf is going to grab his uh, daggers back and just like, he, he has this thing with saluting people with two fingers and like winking. Like, like you know, like the K-pop poses? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So he just does that. Janice kind of blushes a little bit. <laughs> the little halfling. Tab also tries to uh, nonchalantly and without being noticed too much, leave a stack of pamphlets on Janine's desk. Go ahead and roll a sleight of hand. Okay, let's let's see how good I am at sleight of hand. Okay, okay, that's a good roll. Uh, that is a sixteen plus two, eighteen. Yeah, um, she's got, like, little pamphlets for Wild Shine's goods, a few businesses in Lothland, and you managed to put your little Garfield tick tracks right up in them. They look like they were always there. She does not notice. Perfect. Uh, and then I follow. Uh, as you're walking, face is kind of, she pulls out a handkerchief from her, from her bosom, and dabs off the makeup from her eyes and she in one swift motion kind of twirls her hair back up into a proper bun and she's walking very determined now towards the largest housing unit uh in all of everspring you see the sprawling manor it sort of faces the hot springs uh inn and even though the inn is larger this house is almost as large and twice as decadent it's got marble pillars holding up the first the second floor and it's got gargoyles in the in the lawn warding off evil spirits or so so they think and she's walking up the the pathway to this house and she says this is uh this is where we live this is this is far washer manor um please come in what Make a beautiful abode thank you it's been in my family for for generations we were the founders of ever spring it was my Great grandfather who found the hot springs and you know removed them from their dwellings in the dirt. We have lived quite a life for ourselves, which does not go unnoticed on me. I, I know my family can be decadent, but now I just want my daughter back. Come, come sit. And as you walk inside, the foyer is very much like Rick Owens designed it. Like it's very minimalist. There's not a lot of gaudy art as gaudy as the outside was with the marble and the gargoyles this is very sleek very modernized as if they've gutted the inside and made it more modern the foyer has a split staircase reaching up to the top floor beyond the split staircase you see a large hard wood oak table painted black and she sits down at the head of it and she says please have a seat so, um, I was really expecting there to be a lot more jewels, uh, in this place. Oh, but, um, Oh, sorry, ahead. sorry. I, you know, I, I never, never want to cut off anyone, especially, uh, those, you know, that are different. Um, sorry, no offense. Goodness. Where was the last place you saw your daughter? <laughs> um, 
Yes. Uh, well, straight to business then. Um, my daughter has been, she has this little crush on a, a human boy from the East End. Uh, Liam, I believe his name was. They've been hanging out and playing all summer. And Liam has been to my house a few times. What a joy of a boy. But about three days ago, uh, he was supposed to come and get little Sella. Uh, for a picnic and he never came and then she waited and yesterday morning she told me she was going to go check on Liam and knock on his door I thought nothing of it I mean she's crossed the barren field several times but she she hasn't come back uh in, and that was about that was yesterday morning and now it's today um she was very private and secretive of what her and Liam would get up to, but, you know, those are just kids being kids. I thought nothing of it. They did mention, though, that they had been at the well. They made some sort of clubhouse there. You sound very angry about this well. Is there something something about this well that maybe people in town know that we wouldn't know? I I know nothing of that well. I am angry because my own cousin, the captain of the god, the mayor of this town, is useless. I mean, those children, that file she handed you, there must have been several posters in there. How long has this been going on? And now my own child suffering. I am angry. I am upset. But I, I know nothing of the East End. I, unfortunately, like the rest of us, have turned my eye to it. I wonder, your cousin, she she said something about wanting to cover up um, or not bring any suspicion to what is happening in the disappearance of these children from the East End. Do you think she has anything to do with it? <sighs> in Aurora is useless. She's all brawn and no brain. She probably just wants to keep up appearances for her precious king. She does seem to care about appearances a lot. She wouldn't even let me hand out my pamphlets. Yes, well, I, I do apologize. Please feel free to leave some of your pamphlets here for my, my servants and my staff, and perhaps even my husband will take a look. But the reason in Aurora is so concerned with appearances is because she has worked very hard, very studiously at kissing ass to make something of her self and look she's she's done it she's the captain of the guard here in everspring it's quite a cushy position nothing ever happens here and i suppose when it does the protocol is to sweep it under the rug i see well i think that the well would be a perfect place to start don't you tab i think the well but i think we should also talk to other parents to see if they also have connection to the well. That's actually a, a wonderful idea. I um, there was a woman that I got, and he like goes into his bag to pull out the sign that he took. Um, a woman was up there. Has been another disappearance of her boy, and she works at the bar. And she actually wanted me to swing by there so she could give us more information. Oh, I've never been to a bar. This should be interesting. Are you old enough? I never know with tobacco. Please. Uh, drinking, drinking is forbidden in my sect. But ah. what they don't know might not hurt them. 
Ooh, so so you're religious? I I didn't know who Garfield was. I thought you were just a fan of like something. Oh yes, he is. Oh, we'll get into the dirty details ah. later. Right now we have children. To okay, think. okay. Well, yes, I guess we should head on then. Uh, we will take our leave. Thank you for allowing us into your home. We will bring your daughter back safely. Well, before you go, could you be honest with me? Did you know in Aurora before today, or did she just dump this on you? I had no idea. Um, I, I kind of have a, what they would call, healthy mistrust of the government. And um, I ran into the mother who pointed me in her direction today. So no, I, I did, not, did not know her, but I feel as though I dumped it upon myself. I also did not know her. That's so typical. She just finds someone else to deal with what she cannot deal with on her own. I assure you, if you bring my children, my child back and the other children as you have promised, then regardless of what Inarora does, I will do handsomely as well. You seem to be the only help I'm going to get in Everspring and I I am grateful. Um Please let me know what you find and bring my bring my daughter home. We will. Yes. Um, Leaf stands up and does the wink thing, because that's how he leaves people, his little wink salute, and motions for Tab. <laughs> uh, Tab does a deep bow and follows. As you walk out of Far Watcher Manor, to lay the scene a little bit, you see in front of you the large... Uh, Looks like it was once a cathedral, but now it's been repurposed into an inn for the hot springs. And then over to your uh, immediate left, there's two more small dwellings and then a very large, uh, what looks to be a general store, Wild Shines Goods. Uh, across the way, there's a large building labeled the Armory. There's more dwellings and then the city hall that you just walked through went to and then beyond that is the barren fields that lead to the east end oh uh real quick out of character how much money do we have starting out i'm gonna let you start out with uh the starting gold which i think is 10 gold so okay. do you think we should do we need anything for this what, what kind of affair do you think we're about to get ourselves into i believe that the equipment i was given by my order is more than enough to defend us from any kind of trouble we will get ourselves in. What equipment were you given? Well, I have this chainmail, this shield, this trident, a sickle, and of course my religious paraphernalia. What? And normal adventuring gear. Okay, so so what what religious paraphernalia do you do you have? A lot of it. It's it's too much to go into detail. But if it comes up, it comes okay, up. okay. Um, I I have a feeling it's it's going to come up. Uh, with you. Um, I mean. Should we get started? Do you want to, like, get a drink first? Oh, you don't drink. I forgot. We should go to the, the bar and talk to this mother and see if we can find any other parents of missing children. So, sounds good. Uh, how will we find other parents? Are you going to scream in the streets? I, I figure one mom of a missing child will know the parents of other missing children. That's probably correct. It's like it's like a club at one point. You're, you're the most burned candle on the altar, aren't you? I don't understand that reference. I wouldn't believe you would. Anyways, let's 
get going, shall we? And then he tries to do the wink and the salute at Tab. <laughs> that is just embarrassing. We are going the same place. Uh, listen. Okay. <laughs> and then he's just going to start walking. Okay. Tab is also going to start walking, but is far ahead of you because longer legs. <laughs> As you make your way through the barren fields that separate Everspring proper from the East End, the true, the shift in riches is immediate. You get through the, behind the city hall of Everspring and it's in its glory. And then you see these barren fields with dry tilled soil. And you can see that people have tried to be tending to it, but, but nothing is growing. As you walk through the cobblestones and rough-hewn stone streets of the East End, you see more people down on their luck. Uh, some of them fanning themselves with missing children poster flyers uh, just to get out of the heat. And it's about early evening now. It's probably about three o'clock. The sick helm, as you approach it, even though it's... It, you know, the saying is it's five o'clock somewhere. Looking at it, the patrons seem to think it's five o'clock all the time. There's a few half-orc gentlemen standing on the, the porch of the establishment smoking what smells to be a cheap cigar. And the door to the sick helm is propped open and you can hear faint music pouring out from there. Now, which one is the mother what, what does she look like for when we get in there so we can go straight for her? Well, she works here. And so that's all I can really remember. Sorry, I don't have a wonderful memory. Did you at least catch her name? Oh, no. Um, uh, let's hope that she recognizes me. You are the odd-looking fellow. You would be hard what to What about me? Sorry, you... what, oh, what about me looks odd? Tab. Well, you're you're a little short, aren't you? I'm an elf. I am of average height for an elf. So short. Ugh. And Tab opens the bar door and walks in. Lee follows. Taking a look around, there's smoke in the air. Uh, the the ground is not even the floor is. You couldn't even call it that. It's just dirt. There's a half orc man polishing a glass behind the bar and you can see that there's a, a woman with a, a mess of long blonde hair and she's running around anxiously taking orders and bringing drinks and this is the same woman you spoke to earlier uh, Leaf and there is a stage at the far end with a sign that says Delstein the Burlesque Queen prefer performance every night at 7.15. It's still only about three o'clock, but you do see uh, the same half-elf woman you spoke to earlier in what looks like a rundown burlesque outfit, kind of making herself busy, you know, cleaning up tables, taking drink orders, and at the corner of the bar, you also see a dwarf sat with his head kind of in his hands. Um, okay, so that is her, the one working here. Should we flag her down? Let's find a table and flag her down. Okay. Is there a table open near the dwarf man? 
there is a table directly behind him and several like three bar seats open stools open to the left of him the immediate left are you a well are you a, a bar stool person are you a table person well i assume if we want to get the attention of the waitress the bar does not seem like the correct place to sit you're right you're right um let's let's take the table then uh, I sit at the table. I sit next to Tab at the table. Within of just a few short minutes, uh, Delstein, this blonde, very beautiful, but very tired looking half-elf comes up. And she says, oh, you're, hey, Shug, you you came back. Okay, great. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I really didn't think you were going to help me, but to see you again, I, that really restores my hope a little bit. Okay, uh, can I get you guys anything to drink? And I'll be right back. I just got to do some more rounds. But while I'm doing those, can I get you anything to drink? Uh, do you have milk? Milk? Uh, I'm sure we got something. Maybe cream for coffee. It's, you know... Uh, uh, cream, cream is even better. Do you have... Uh, okay, a uh, glass of cream. <laughs> okay. And, and for you? Uh, do you have any ciders? Uh, we sure do. We cider is uh, one of our specialties here. It's not it's not as good as what you'll find in Everspring proper, but uh, I like it. I'll get you one of ours. It's apple flavored. I love apples. That's that's perfect. Perfect. Okay, I'll be right back. And she kind of hustles around. You see her picking up empty glasses off of other tables, and she goes to the bar. She puts in your drink order. Leaf. This bar has everything. Are you? really about to drink an entire thing of creamer. I know, I know. I, I should really be watching my figure, but it's just so good. Okay, but sorry, back to your original comment. What, what do you mean this bar has everything? It seems pretty sparse to me. They have cream and whatever it is you ordered. A cider? What else could you have in a bar? I'm, I'm, well, I'm, they, there's a lot, you know, floor for once, perhaps, or different kind. You don't need a floor. What? Okay. I like the feel of dirt beneath my paws. Oh, and then Leaf is going to look at Tab's, uh, I guess, bare paws. Oh, they're filthy. Do, do you not wear shoes from your culture? Oh, my claws would shred through them in, in an instant. Oh. Uh, I, I, I see. Then they, and he like, tr he, he's like starting to get a little bit sick, so he's to look away. As Delstein is approaching you with a tray with a saucer of cream and uh, a tall glass of cider, she stops at the dwarf at the bar with his head in his hands, and she offers a sympathetic hand on his shoulder, and she says, I think I found people that'll help. And the dwarf kind of just grunts, and, and uh, she comes and sits at your table, and she puts the saucer down in front of tab and the cider in front of leaf and she says well listen it you guys are the first people to show us any kind of attention about these kids uh, i'm i'm gonna help you any way i can i'll tell you everything i know okay okay all right let's uh let's hear all the details uh we heard rumors of a well that at least two of the missing children had frequented yeah, uh, that makes sense. Um, see, the first girl to go missing, Katosha. Uh, maybe I'm saying that wrong. Katosha, I don't know. I, I'm not good with orcish names. Uh, that 
she was hanging out with Panavore, and they were going to that well on the outskirts of town, too. It seems like the kids built some sort of clubhouse there. And, uh, uh, well, you know, uh, they they spent a lot of time there. We didn't really think anything of it. That well's been dried up and not in use for, geez, as long as I can remember. Interesting. Uh, do you do you know why they would want to stay at a dried up well? Is it just the the spot for the cool kids in town? Oh, you know how kids are. If they can have a a piece of something without adult supervision, they'll take it. Um, and it's just it's kind of it's far enough out of town where prying eyes aren't going to be on you. I guess that's the appeal that it had. Um, and. Everybody here, bless bless their hearts. We're all we're all just working as hard as we can. We, uh, myself included, I could have kept a better eye on him. But, but Panavore, he's he's almost grown. I just I didn't think I had to keep such a tight eye on him. Oh no! Don't blame yourself. I'm sure that there is a perfectly logical explanation for why he is missing. Um. I did notice, if you don't mind me prying a little bit of snooping, um, the ma- the dwarf right right there is, so is he also missing child? Yeah, um, his little girl was the second to go missing, I think. The timeline's a little, you know, you never think it'll happen to you, but the Lesrin, uh, is his girl. She's she's one of the kids that are gone, and uh, well, Bangren was never really a a nice man before, but he's he's turned plum unpleasant since since Lysrin was gone. Oh, well, that's to be expected. Uh, but perhaps after speaking with you, we'll try to speak with him, Leaf. He might have some insights as well. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I can't guarantee he'll. He'll be as forthcoming with information as I am, but I'm sure it would make him feel better to know somebody out there is looking for his little girl. Anything we can do to help. Agreed. Oh, you guys, you guys are mighty kind. This, this cider and, and the cream, it's on me. I'll, I'll take care of it. Um, my shift as a waitress is coming to an end pretty soon. I, I'll have to get up on stage and, and dance and do my little... My little routine, um, but uh, you know, please sit and enjoy your drinks and uh, and do do talk to to Banger and he's he's unpleasant, but he he's just misses his kid. Well, we appreciate uh, the information that you have given us, and we will do everything in our power to bring back every single child unharmed. Yes, thank you. I got to get back to waitressing. And she stands up, grabs her tray, and starts uh, walking around and picking up empty glasses and taking orders. Oh, thank God. Uh, Tab immediately lifts up the saucer and downs it. That. Does she lap it up or does she drink it? No, she downs it like a shot. She just fucking pulls the whole thing up in just one one fluid motion. It's all gone. I, I was about to say, I, I <laughs> Leaf is like appalled. Um, I, you know, thank God that these were on the house, or think, you know, Garfield is it? Garfield, yes, he is. He is a the most benevolent creator. Ah, uh, 
Yes, well, to respect you, uh, thank Garfield that these uh, were free. I would have hated to have to steal this. Stealing is wrong. What? You know. Who said stealing? Have said it a little bit too loud. <laughs> Keep your voice down. I didn't even say stealing. I just, I meant borrow, you know, like a library. I, I don't think bars are like libraries, Leave. I think you have a very twisted misunderstanding of what kind of establishment You've this never is. been to a bar. I, I have to teach you that they are indeed like libraries. Oh, I don't feel right borrowing things that I don't know that I can bring. I mean, you can't bring back a drink. Um, in a way that we can talk about later, you can. Anyways. <laughs> Alrighty. So, anyways, sorry, sorry. Um, I think that we should go perhaps talk to the dwarf man, um, and see if we can get any more information, yes? Sounds good to me. I walk over and I immediately put an arm around Bangren. He, uh... I put an arm around his shoulder and I go... Listen, we've heard we we're we're here to help. Leaf is going to walk over and like plop down uh next to Tab and um put his little his little hands like his elbows up on the on the table and his little hand like fist hands on his face and just stare at him and not say anything. Vangren lifts your arm up off his shoulder and kind of tosses it to the side and says, Ugh. Listen, I uh I appreciate your help, but uh, if those kids were coming back, they'd be back by now. That's not true. There's always hope. Not in this place. Not for us. Well, could you give us a, a little bit of information about where your child was last seen? Same as all the kids. She was hanging out in that clubhouse they built at the edge of town with the well. Uh, you know, it's kind of like a like a a hot spot for mischief and trouble. I, I know they were sneaking barrels of cider for the older kids, bringing it out to that clubhouse, and never really understood why the younger kids wanted to play there. There's something really dark about that place. I, it always gave me the creeps. I, I haven't had a, haven't had the nerve to go look other than poke my head around, and I couldn't see any sign of my daughter. So. Well, could you show us to this well, perhaps? Uh, As you can see, we are new in town. I'm, I don't remember seeing any wells. Yeah. I... Me either. I, th I think we would really like a hand in seeing where this well is. Uh, yeah. I mean, I got nothing better to do except drink. All there is to do in the East End. Sure, I'll take you down there. Let me finish this up and pay my tab and when he says pay his tab the half work at the bar that's been polishing glasses and serving drinks says uh bangrin come on you haven't paid in three weeks i don't think you're gonna start now and bangrin kind of nods and says you're not wrong and knocks back his pint barkeep how much does bangrin owe um my calculations probably about 30, sil 30 copper. Oh, I have that. Here, I'll, I'll pick it up for you. No need to worry. And I, I pull out a gold coin. Do you have change? So he, uh, his eyes get big, and he says, uh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I can make change for that. And he'll hand you back the appropriate amount of change. 
Okay, so 30 copper. I will leave him 70 copper as a tip, uh, just so I don't have to deal with copper. So you didn't need change at all? <laughs> I thought a copper was... I know you're right, a copper is... Okay, a co I, for some reason I thought a silver was 100 copper. Okay, so I did 3 silver, so that's 7 silver. I will leave him 3 silver as a tip, so I will have 4 silver. You got the calculations done? Yes. Sorry for doing that all out loud. No, it's good for me because I have no idea what the, the, the currency exchange is. So thank you, honestly. Uh, it actually tells you in D&D &D Beyond when you oh, go to shit. your currency. Yeah, if yeah. you go to inventory and then hit the little, you have like a 10 next to a gold car bar. If you click that, it'll show you all oh, the conversions. Shit. Man, that's a lot of math, but that's cool. Yeah. Okay, so off to the well we go. Yes, I don't see any reason to hang around. Uh, Figured, real quick, how dangerous is this well? Should I unsheath my weapon? Danger? I don't know about dangerous. I mean, there's just something dark-sided about that place. Okay, so I, I, I'll, I'll keep it sheathed for now. Yeah, all right. Well, I better grab this just in case, and... As he's walking out the front door, there's an axe leaned up against it. He picks it up and puts it on his back in a holster. He says, this has uh, been a long time since I had to wield one of these. I think I can make my way around it, though. All right. Do you guys need to do anything else before we go to this well? I couldn't think of anything. All right. Well, follow me and this dwarf man with his long braided black beard and... He's, his hairline receding, twinges of gray, and looking really gruff, uh, starts marching down the streets of the East End. And I follow. I follow as well. As you're walking, uh, give me a perception check. That's a 10 for me. Um, perception, uh, that is a 21. <laughs> Okay, what is immediately obvious to both to you of both of you is loud <coughs> different yelling back coming from all areas of the street, and tab with your higher perception score, you notice in every alley you pass there are is there is at least one stray cat that has taken notice of you. And behind you, they're kind of starting to follow along. And Bangren turns his head and he notices it too. And he's like, this is weird. I've, there's a lot of stray cats in the East End, but none of them ever taken a liking to me. Oh, it must be me. I am kind of one of them. Uh, yeah, it must, must be you. Let's keep going. And you hear it getting loud. Louder and louder until in front of you, blocking the way, almost standing off, is a large black stray cat. Its eyes are glowing red. It's hissing and meowing, and Bangren's even backing off a little bit. And he's like, I don't, something's wrong with that cat, you guys. I don't, I've never seen a max like this. It doesn't seem normal, no. They're starting to form a circle 
around you, and the meowing and hissing is getting louder and louder. I hear kitty kitty. Shh. Calm down. I try to get down to their level and start meowing at them. Oh, goodness. I hit that. <laughs> oh, God. Um... The black cat gets up in his haunches, like arches his back, and starts swatting at the air in front of you. Tab, I really, I know that you are one with these, these little kittens, because uh, you yourself are a little kitten, but I do believe... I'm a very large kitten. Yes, Thank yes, you. yes. Sorry, my, my apologies. Um, I, I don't, I think, do we need to fight the kittens? They do seem to be very angry at our presence. Bangren, are you... Are you ready for a little fight to get the rust off your axe? Uh, well, uh, doesn't seem right fighting a bunch of cats, but there, there's a whole lot of them, so, yeah, I guess I'm ready. Leaf is gonna pull- <laughs> I love your cat sounds, just aside. <laughs> um, yeah, Leaf is gonna pull out both of his daggers and, like, make one do, like, can, can he do, like, a little flip with one? Yeah, absolutely. You you should roll. Well, I don't know what that would be. It's maybe sleight of hand, just to see if you keep your dagger when you do your little flourish. Okay. That's a 14. Oh, yeah. You do, like, the coolest little flip it out of the, the sheath that it's in, and then it spins in the air a few times, and you catch it right by the hilt. Still got it. <laughs> and with that, I need everyone to roll initiative. Oof, I got a three plus two, so that's a five. I got ten plus two, twelve. All right, Bangren. Ooh, got a four. <laughs> Oof. So, as Leaf brandishes his knife, the large bl black cat begins darting towards Leaf and is going to swipe at him. Does a... Oh, that's probably not going to be it. <laughs> not going to do it. This is a 10 hit. No. All right. So the cat goes to swipe at you, Leaf, and you dodge out of the way pretty expertisely. Uh, and then the, up next is Tab. I'm going to... Is it a bonus action to wield a weapon that you're not wielding already? You know, there are it, there is a like a spot for it in the action economy, but for as far as my DMing purposes, I think getting your first initial weapon out to fight, free action, changing okay. weapons in a fight is different. Okay, so I'm going to pull up my trident, and I'm going to stab at the cat that just attacked Leaf. All right, roll to hit. Ooh, does a seven hit? Ooh, unfortunately not. Oh. Um, oh my gosh, you guys are only level one, so yeah, that's really all you can do unless you have bonus action. Bonus action. Yeah, that's all I got. Um, wait, is this a bonus? Nope, that's an action. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Next is the, as, after the black cat passes at Leaf and then Tab retaliates very quickly, another one of the stray cats, this one, a calico, comes darting towards Tab, is going to take a strike with its claws and does a 13 hit, Tab. No. Okay, the cat dives towards your face, and you are 
you deftly dodge out of the way. Just before you can get your bearings, though, a third cat, this one a tuxedo, begins charging towards you and does a 14 hit. Nope. All right. My AC is really high. You dodge out of the way of another cat. Leaf, it's your turn. You've got a calico, a black cat, and a tuxedo. The black cat is what struck at you. Uh, let's go for the black cat. Okay. Roll the... Let's see here. Ah, shit. Does a... Um, let's see here. Does a nine hit? So close, but not quite. So you go to stab at this cat, and it haunches in its, in its side. It stands up like and dodges out of the way, that creepy way that cats do when they stand on their back legs. Bangren, polishing his axe. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I have a weird... Can I still sneak attack? Um, what do you mean? Right. Like, that was your attack. So how did... Let me see. I'm looking at your character sheet. I've got the bonus action for two-weapon fighting, and that's what the daggers are. Yeah, so yeah, you can make another attack. Yes. Okay, is that cool if I do that really quick? Uh-huh. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, is it 11 hit? The black cat, no. No. Um, so the black cat dodges out of the way yet again. You guys are trying to stab at these things, but they're, they're cats, and they're just too deaf, too quick on their feet. Uh, Bangren, polishing his axe, is going to go for the black cat as well, since it seems to be the aggressor. Ooh, okay. He makes contact with the black cat and does <laughs> uh while well, he rolled ma- minimum damage so he only barely swipes at that cat and the cat hisses and recoils in response tab it's no it's actually the black cat's turn now so the cat is going to retaliate against Bangren. Um, and he's going to roll to hit with his claws. He slashes at Bangren across the face, and Bangren's face immediately turns red right where the cat scratches are. He says, ah, it's nothing, just a flesh wound. Tab, your turn. What are you going to do? You got the black cat, the calico, and the tuxedo. All of them eyes glowing red. Uh, I'm going to once again try to trident the black cat. Okay. Uh, does a 20 hit? What if I told you no? But it does. Okay, so I will do... 4 damage. The cat... As it takes a little poke from your trident, the other cat... Hearing the cry of his compatriot is going to run towards your face, the calico. Does a 17 hit? No, I hold up my shield and just barely bounce it off. Okay, the cat runs, dives towards you. You put your shield up and the cat bounces backwards off the shield midair. The other stray, the the tuxedo, he's running towards you now, Tab. And does a... That doesn't hit. So again, you're just shield-bouncing stray cats left and right. And now it's Leaf's turn. 
Alrighty. Does a 19 hit the black cat? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to do... Let's see. I'm going to do um, three damage with that dagger. Mm-hmm. Um, You're going to hit him with your second one? Let's see. Does a nine hit? No, unfortunately not. So you manage to make contact with that first dagger slashing at the cat's face, drawing blood. And as you recoil back to do your second attack, the cat, a little smarter now, is able to dodge your attack. Bengrin, however, is not giving up. And he is going to go for that black cat yet again. He makes contact with it with his axe, but only barely. He only manages to scrape the surface. This cat, however, is now looking bloodied. The other two are fine. It's now the black cat's turn. He will. He's going to run towards Bangrin and try to take a bite out of his ankle. <laughs> Bangrin manages to step back just in time. Tab, it's your turn. I'm going to. So how far away is the black cat, though? The black cat is almost toe-to-toe with Bangrin. You guys are kind of in a... You're in the center of a circle of cats. Okay, so there wouldn't have been a attack of opportunity or anything. I didn't know how far no, away he got. Yet. Okay, so I'm just going to stab the black cat again. Okay. Uh, 21 to hit. Yeah, absolutely. Max damage. I do 8 damage to the cat. The cat yowls. But it's still standing. The cat, the tuxedo, and Calico now hearing their brother in great distress. They're coming straight for you, Tab. So the first one does a 20 hit. A 20 hits. Okay. It's going to do a bite attack and do two damage. Okay. All right. The tuxedo cat's turn. He's coming at you, too. Uh, but he cannot make contact. He tries to bite at the same ankle and the other cat gets in the way. Leaf, it's your turn. All right. Does a, does a 12 hit? The black cat? Yes. Yes. Okay, so then I'm going to do my first dagger. Oh my god, another one. So that's three oh. damage for the first one. Are you doing your sneak attack? Can I do a sneak attack? I think yeah, so because, because you you're have... within contact with, like, you're, we're technically flanking. Oh, shit. Yeah, you, you have five feet, uh, you're five feet within an ally, so you can do your sneak attack. Oh, shit. So all in all, I can roll one, I can, I, it just adds the dice. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah so you can, ro- you can roll your d6 again. Okay. That's a two for the d6. So you did three damage total? Uh, three, five damage. All right. How do you want to do this? Let's, let's like, can I, is there something that I can like throw the dagger at the cat and it like pins it up on something all gruesome and stuff? Oh yeah. Let's do it. So the cat comes and tries to dive at your face and you throw your dagger and the cat goes hurtling backwards into a lamp post stuck there by your dagger you hear a faint and then nothing as the black cat has fallen 
For a moment, the red in the eyes of the calico and the tuxedo fades, but then they shake their heads and the red glowing light of their eyes comes back. Bangren, noticing this, goes towards the tuxedo with his axe, and the tuxedo dodges out of the way. Uh, Tab, it's your turn. I will stab at the tuxedo. All right. Does a 19 hit? Yes. Oh, only three damage. Okay. That's something. The cat hisses loudly and recoils in response, but then it jumps back up into action along with the calico. They're both, the calico's going for Bangren, the tuxedo's going for Tab. The calico misses, and oh, oh boy. The tuxedo going for Tab gets a natural 20. Oh no. So, let's see. Damage. That is six damage. Oof. Oof. Tab is officially bloodied. The cat meows loudly as it takes a bite out of your shoulder and then dodges back to the ground. Leaf, it's your turn. You just saw the tuxedo take a chunk out of Tab and the calico is unharmed. I'm going for that tuxedo. Hell yeah. Whoa. Will a um, eight hit? Barely misses, but it does miss. You have your second weapon attack. Yes. It does a nine hit. Oh, so close. Ah. It's I'll tell you guys, AC is 10 for the smaller cats. The black cat was 12. AC is 10 for the calico and tuxedo. Uh, Yeah, that's that's all I've got. (laughs) Bangren is going to swipe at the unharmed calico that just came for him. Okay, we got some damage cooking here. Bangren brings his axe down, trying to cut the cat in half. And what happens instead is... Oh, that's actually pretty good. Yeah, he's going to do a large chunk of damage as the cat barely moves out of the way and the axe cleaves off his tail. That cat is now significant... The calico is significantly bloodied as and the tuxedo looks a little better we're back at tab's turn the calico is bloodied the tuxedo is hanging in there i'm gonna stab at the calico okay uh 20 to hit a natch no a natural 20 okay yeah but that hits yeah uh we're gonna do five damage how do you want to do this uh i'm going to when I stab, the cat's neck is going to go in between two forks and just get broken on the ground. Brutal. So you do you throw your trident or are you stabbing it? I'm stabbing with it. I can throw Okay. Okay, I just wanted to get the visual right. So the cat's little head goes between the two prong, the two bite and the two points of your trident and then snaps backwards in a bloody mess. The calico is down. The tuxedo the red in his eyes flickering, fading. He pulls his lips back over his fangs. He sits down. He licks his left paw and tends to his wounds. And then he turns and runs 
a circle of cats around him, no longer interested in you, following, going back to their alleys and hiding holes. You are out of initiative. That was <laughs> insane. Damn. I Yeah, I didn't I didn't like that. I've never seen the cats act like that around here. I, I hated that a lot. I'm going to um pull out my holy symbol and bless the cat's bodies. The calico and the black cat. Uh-huh. Do you pull the black cat off the wall that's stuck yeah, to I with a dagger? Okay. Um what do you, what does your blessing look like? Um, I pull out a my holy symbol, which is a a large ornate lasagna oh, on, Jesus. A, on a chain. <laughs> Christ. Um, and I, I close their eyes and I draw an M on their foreheads with holy water. And I say a little prayer so that Garfield will accept them into his, into his house. As you put the holy water on the cats, the M's start to sizzle and burn into their flesh for only a moment. And then a puff of black smoke escapes from the wounds you have just created. And as quickly as that smoke escapes, the wounds begin to heal. But the cats are still very much dead. Um, as soon as I see it start sizzling, I'm going to go and use my Divine Sense. Um, so I can, until my next turn, so for the next six seconds, I can um, detect good and evil. And I will know the location of any Celestial Fiend and Undead within 60 feet that is not behind total cover. Okay. Um, when you turn on your Divine Sense, when you flick into that heightened scent of awareness... As that black, as that holy water is sizzling onto them, you get the faintest scent, or, well, faintest sense of evil escaping. And you feel it for a moment, but as that puff of smoke dissipates and the wounds from your M that you've put in holy water reseal, that sense of evil is gone. They were, they were possessed by something, I believe. By something or someone. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, you see, when I do my divine sense, my like my eyes do that cat thing where they get really narrow, and you see them slowly open back up to adjust to the darkness. I'm I'm not sure, but all of my training leads me to believe that something was controlling these cats, and they did not wish to do these actions. Do you think that this happened to the children? I wish not to think about such evil at this moment. No, my my girl's tough. She could take a cat or two, but if they all ganged up on her like that, I I don't want to think about it. Let's uh let's get to the well. Is is anyone hurt? I'm uh, I'm fine. Uh you you seem like you're not doing well. Yeah, I'm bloody. Yeah. Um, do you need a rest? No, I have. I have abilities that have been given to me by my god. Bangren, are you doing all right? Uh, yeah, I, I'm fine. I mean, I just got a little bite, a little scratch okay. here and there, but I'm I'm okay. 
I'm going to lay my hand on the bite on my shoulder and go ahead and use three of my lay on hand charges and regain three hit points. Okay. Now, uh, it might seem a little early to you all, but this is a horror campaign. I wanted you to start soft and squishy at level one. Um, I would like to take a little break in the session for everybody to get to level two after that fight. Gotcha. That was a fight. That was such a fight. That was cool. <laughs>